queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Plourde, and this is The Village, The Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Have you heard the one about how tomatoes can prevent cancer? Or how a glass of red wine daily can be good for your health? There are a lot of truths and a lot of myths out there about what you eat and cancer. So this week we're asking, what should I know about how diet affects my cancer risk? Hi, Rachel. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. So for you personally, how much is cancer risk top of mind when you're buying food at the supermarket or making dinner? Well, it may not be top of mind, um, but I think as a researcher in cancer prevention, it's always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, So something that does creep up every now and then. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, we we wanted to talk to you because you are a researcher and we want to hear what the latest studies tell us. But before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Um, My name is Rachel Murphy, and I'm an assistant professor in the School of Population Public Health at UBC, and I'm also a scientist in cancer control research at BC Cancer. Okay, here we go. What does the latest research tell us about the relationship between diet and cancer risk? So we know that diet is one of the main risk factors for many of the most common types of cancer. So diet as well as other lifestyle factors like being active, maintaining healthy body weight, and limiting alcohol consumption can help reduce the risk of many of the most common cancers by about 40%. And what are some of the most common cancers associated with an unhealthy diet? Um, Cancers like breast cancer, colorectal cancer, um, pancreatic cancer, and esophageal cancer, for example, are some of the ones that have been linked to um, unhealthy diets. Does the risk differ for men and for women? It can depend on um, what type of cancer. So, for example, um, the association between diet and colorectal cancer may be a bit stronger among men than women. Um, but the, the bottom line is, is that diet does matter for both men and women. And so what are some of the other factors beyond diet that contribute to cancer risk, lifestyle factors, personal health factors that, that can play a role? So smoking is the big one. Um, Of course, smoking is the the main risk factor for lung cancer. Alcohol consumption is another one, as well as um, overweight or obesity is linked to about 13 different types of cancer. Okay, I want to tease apart two things that I think are linked, but they're not one in the same. Does the research, as far as you know, distinguish between cancer risk that comes from what you eat, diet, and the cancer risk that comes from obesity, which of course may be diet related? Yes. So there are, of course, um, some relationships between those two lifestyle factors. So we know that diet does play a big role in um, kind of body weight. So the more healthy foods tend to be less calorically dense, meaning that it's less likely to contribute to weight gain. 
Um, but that said, the, the evidence does suggest that diet and body weight have distinct roles with cancer risk as well. So there have been studies that, for example, that have looked at dietary intake. And then in the statistical models, people adjust for body weight to try and control for that. And even still, you do see some um, evidence of increased risk depending on um, what dietary factor you're looking at. Okay, that's good to know. I want to break down some areas that have been linked to uh, more cases of cancer. So uh, I want to zero in on alcohol consumption. What do we know about that? So alcohol is one of the most commonly used substance in cancer and drinking any type of alcohol can increase your risk of many different types of cancers. So cancers of the head and neck, breast cancer, stomach, pancreatic, liver, and colorectal cancers. So the less you drink, the more you reduce your risk. And uh, from the standpoint of cancer risk, how many drinks per week or per day is too many? Sure. The guidance is really to consume no alcohol, but there are low risk uh, alcohol consumption guidelines. And those recommend consuming no more than two drinks per day for men and no more than one drink per day for women. And the difference between men and women is based on body weight that uh, we're talking about standard drinks uh, and women on in, in general, on average, weigh less. So that means that they're going to be drinking more alcohol per kilogram body weight uh, if they drink a standard drink. That's right. Okay. But you're saying, ideally, if you want to zero the risk from the standpoint of alcohol, you should have no alcohol at all. That's right. Yes. What about specific types of alcohol? You know, I like the occasional uh, single malt scotch. Yeah, it's really around drinking um, any type of alcohol really increases your risk. And that's because the, no matter the type of alcohol, so whether it's um, a whiskey or wine or beer, they all, they all contain um, uh, carcinogens that can increase your risk of developing cancer. You have just made my life a little less pleasant, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was all in the all in the service of of better health. So I have to thank you for that. Let's uh, turn to another uh, favorite uh, uh, food, if not guilty pleasure for some people. What about red meat and processed meat? So we know that both red meat and processed meat can increase the risk of developing cancers, um, and specifically colon cancer, stomach, and pancreatic cancer. Okay. And, you know, I, I remember certainly from, you know, my medical school days that there was a distinction regarding processed meat, uh, that it was somehow riskier, that it was worse, uh, a bigger risk factor for cancer than red meat. What's the latest science? Tell us about that. Yes, the science still tells us the, the same thing that you learned um, in medical school. So carcinogens can be formed or may be added during food processing. So during the processing of things like bacon or breakfast sausages, for example. So these nitrates and, and, and nitrites are added to processed meat to extend the shelf life, but this can also lead to the formation of cancer-causing chemicals. Which cancers are we talking about that that people have an, for which people have an increased risk if they consume red meat or processed meat uh, regularly? The evidence really suggests that the strongest associations for colon cancer, um, as well as associations with stomach and pancreatic cancer. Is is there a safe portion size, or are you suggesting that we become vegetarians or even vegans? The, the recommendations are really to limit the consumption of red meat and avoid processed meat if possible. So there um, is an increased risk of cancer for every 25 grams of, of processed meat a person eats. And that's really quite a small amount. So that's about equivalent to one strip of bacon or one breakfast sausage. 
Um, so every, even small changes really can matter here. So the, the risk of cancer um, can decrease even by reducing that amount in your diet. And Rachel, are we talking about the same cancers when it comes to processed meat, uh, colorectal cancer, or are there other cancers that people risk by consuming large quantities of those? Um, predominantly colorectal cancer, um, but as well uh, associations with stomach cancer. Okay, let's turn to another uh, type of food. What about sugary drinks and other high sugar items? What are they doing to our cancer risk? Um, this is continued kind of doom and gloom news. Um, so at the moment, I think it's unclear whether sugary drink consumption is a direct cause of cancer um, or whether the increased risk of cancer observed among people who drink sugary beverages is because sugary beverages are calorically dense and cause weight gain. Um, but regardless of whether this is uh, related to kind of the weight gain itself or that sugary drinks are a direct cause, there are consistent evidence that suggests that even one to two sugary drinks per day can increase the risk of cancer. And which kinds of cancers are we talking about? And this is really a lot of the studies have looked at overall cancers. So considering all cancers together. Um, as well, if the link is really through overweight and obesity, that uh, that has been linked to over 13 different cancers, including a lot of the most common cancers like breast cancer and colorectal cancer. Okay. Let's go to the flip side. Do researchers know which foods, if any, can help keep people healthy or even decrease their risk of cancer? Yes, um, there's really a substantial body of, of evidence that suggests that um, people who eat diets that are rich in a variety of fruits, and vegetables and whole grains and, and legumes can reduce your cancer risk. Okay. Now, we've talked about foods that we can eat that can reduce our risk of cancer. We've talked about some of the foods that we consume in our diet that increase our risk. Let me turn it around. What proven health benefits, including cancer prevention, come to people who stop consuming, for instance, processed foods? Um, yes. Yeah, so I think even small changes can matter. We know that the, the risk of cancer can decrease, for example, for every serving increase in fruits and vegetables. So that's something that is, can be as small as adding um, a salad into your day. So even moving from four servings of fruits and vegetables per day to five servings of fruits and vegetables today can help reduce the risk of developing cancer. So you mentioned fruits, vegetables, salads, any other foods that uh, that can help uh, reduce your risk of cancer? So uh, including things like whole grains, as well as um, lean proteins, but it's really about kind of the totality of the diet. So thinking about what you consume overall, not just kind of single foods or um, single nutrients. Got it. Are there any specific diets that have been proven to reduce cancer risk? Okay. So the Mediterranean diet is one of the diets that has been studied in relation to cancer risk. Other diets that have been studied for health promotion and chronic disease prevention include the Nordic diet, dietary approaches to stop hypertension or the DASH diet, as well as plant-based diets um, and diets that follow the food guide. So the healthy eating index, for example. The one thing that these diets all have in common is that they have a high intake of vegetables and fruits, um, and as well as a high intake of uh, legumes and low consumption of red meat and processed meat. Amina is an activist during the Arab Spring. Her blog, Gay Girl in Damascus, attracts readers from around the world. When she's mysteriously abducted, her followers mobilize, desperate to save her. What they find shocks them. 
I'm Samira Moyedin, the host of Gay Girl Gone, a new six-part series from CBC. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What about high-protein diets like the keto diet? I know that there are a lot of followers of the keto diet who uh, listen to the dose, and I'm afraid to ask you, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> um, this is one of those areas where I think the the pace of the evidence um, from the scientific community has not yet caught up to where kind of the popular diet trends are. And that's because it takes um, health outcomes like cancer or cardiovascular disease many decades to occur. And this is a relatively new dietary pattern. Um, so we really don't have the evidence yet to suggest that the ketogenic diet may either be beneficial or detrimental to things like cancer outcomes. Hmm. It, it, it reminds me to ask you in general, as a researcher, as someone who follows the research, how solid is this research? And what, if any, additional studies would you like to see in the future to, to make these recommendations even more solid? I think the recommendations are very solid. There's been really consistent um, evidence and consistent messaging around the types of diet that help reduce the risk of cancer. So for example, high fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low intakes of red and processed meat. I think some of the confusion around what to eat to reduce cancer risk actually stems from um, some kind of miscommunication or non-evidence-based sources that kind of tout the, the latest superfood or the latest kind of food or nutrient or dietary supplement um, to reduce cancer risk. And, and really the evidence shows us that it's about consuming these overall healthy diets. Then where do you think people who want to learn more about this should turn to for the best evidence-based advice? Um, so I think it's important to look for evidence-based information, so reliable sources of information on dietary intake, such as Canada's Food Guide or the Canadian Cancer Society for information on, on diet and cancer prevention. It's important to judge the quality of the source of the evidence as well, so look for claims that are too good to be true. A single study, they may something say something different than a larger collective body of work or studies that may have not been peer reviewed. So meaning that they haven't been reviewed by, by people who are either researchers or, or scientists or something similar to that. Last question I'm going to ask you, uh, you've, you, you're asking me, you're asking all of us to cut out a lot of guilty pleasures. What's the first step in motivating people uh, to try to, pre to reduce their risk of cancer, a disease that up until that point in time, they haven't, they haven't gotten and, uh, and hopefully they never will. So I think that the notion that eating healthy means giving up all your favorite foods or eating a lot of specific foods or nutrients like superfoods will counteract other lifestyle behaviors is just simply not true. The, the reality is that eating healthy is a balance of consuming mostly healthy foods and reducing the amount of less healthy foods that you eat. So you don't have to give up red meat. You don't have to give up your whiskey. You know, just choose it less often. And, and even small changes can be meaningful. Well, uh, Rachel Murphy, that is a much more optimistic note to end our conversation. I'm really glad that uh, you spoke with us on The Dose. Thank you for having me. Rachel Murphy is an assistant professor in the School of Population and Public Health at the University of British Columbia and a scientist at BC Cancer. Here's your dose of smart advice. Diet plays a significant role in your risk of getting cancer. You can reduce dramatically that risk 
by living a healthy lifestyle that includes eating right, maintaining a healthy body weight, being physically active, and limiting your alcohol consumption. If you do all of that, you can prevent around 40% of all cancers. Healthy eating means reducing your consumption of red meats, processed and otherwise, cutting out sugary beverages and other foods that are full of refined sugar, and reducing alcohol. Eating red meats increases the risk of colorectal and stomach cancers and possibly liver cancer too. Alcohol consumption increases your risk of head and neck cancer, breast cancer, stomach, pancreatic, and liver and colorectal cancers. Men should consume no more than two drinks per day. For women, it's one drink per day or less. To get the maximum benefit, you should cut out alcohol entirely, though one or two drinks a week is probably okay. Sugar consumption increases the risk of being overweight or obese, which in turn increases the risk of breast and colorectal cancer. At the same time, you can also lower your risk of cancer by eating more fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. Following these sorts of guidelines may seem a bit like self-deprivation. Just remember that you can continue to enjoy foods that increase your risk of cancer if you have them in moderation. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.